headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Christina Ellis, number one best-selling author, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Caden is with us in New York. Hi, Caden. How are you? Good. How are you, Dave? Better than I deserve. What's up? <laughs> so I just graduated high school, and I'm headed to college this fall. I have my undergraduate all financially figured out, debt-free, but I want to go to medical school, and I have no idea how I'm going to do that without taking out student loans. Well, good job on figuring out your undergrad debt-free. That's awesome. How are you doing that? Um, well, I've just got enough scholarships, and the rest I can just work through. That's outstanding. Way to go. Well, Thank you. Yeah. Um, medical school, that's amazing. I love that you're already having that insight and that vision to start thinking about it right now. The fact that you're in high school still and already dreaming that up shows that you're really bright and smart and competitive in school. So I love that. Um, going to medical school debt-free, I'm sure you've heard a lot of people say it's a bit more challenging. And and it is it is more challenging. But the fact that you're already researching it and you are bright gives me great hope that you can get some of the scholarships and fellowships available for for medical school. Um, I would encourage you to start researching early like you're doing now. I mean, start learning about these programs. So a lot of these programs that are available to go to de- to medical school debt-free, like I said, they're competitive. So what do you need to be doing in undergrad to be the candidate that qualifies for those programs? I think that's the biggest thing you focus on right now is what do I need to do? What needs to be true in my life to really stand out in the process of winning a scholarship or a fellowship or one of these really amazing programs that help pay for medical school? Yeah, the, one of the things you want to look towards, Caden, is a, pro, a product called the MD-PhD program. And that's where you become okay. a, an employee of the university. And uh, then employees go to school free. And okay, um, that sounds- that's very tough. Again, they're very competitive. It, it falls under the heading of what Christina was saying. It's a type of fellowship is what it is. But um, the program is out there and it can be done. Yeah, but you're, you know, their academics are, uh, and, and grade point average is going to enter into it for sure. Uh, but other things, yeah, other things, other things will as well. So study that. Start figuring out that. The other thing I, I'll urge you is, and I don't know what, I guess it's like a lot of things in higher education, people don't stop to realize that there's a vast spectrum of what you can pay. The difference in med yeah. school A and med school B in cost is dramatic. And so uh, I'm going to start researching, you know, what is the cheapest med schools in America? And I'm going to be applying there uh, because you're going to need, you know, you don't want to go to the most expensive med school in America unless they're going to give you a free ride. But if they've got scholarships or you got a fellowship or something like that, then we'll go there. Um, Of course, there is the military and they'll pay for it. And you're you're going to serve your country by being a doc for the military for a while as part of that program um you know and but that that is an option that, that's one of the things that's out there the national guard uh has a similar program as well so but but again you've got to look at what how long you're willing to tie yourself up after med school in a military career if you're that's a trade-off uh versus yeah, the debt yeah. that you're going to go in versus going into the debt uh the last thing is is really a needle in a haystack 
but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because I've heard about it happening a couple of times. There are a there is a shortage of docks in rural areas and in uh, what are called underserved areas, typically like an inner city type situation. And there is a student loan forgiveness program for those. Uh, that's not what I'm recommending. But in those situations, some of the big hospital companies, like for instance, HCA, may have from time to time a program that feels a little bit like the military program where they're willing to pay for you to be a doc, but you agree to serve in uh, out in a cornfield somewhere for the next five mm-hmm. years after that. And instead All of right. instead of at a metro hospital in a, uh, a cushy job thing. Uh, or whatever. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what the trade-off is, but learn about that. And, and also in that same haystack where there's a couple of needles, the drug companies. Uh, there, there's occasions I have heard of uh, scholarships through them for med students because they love the idea of being nice to future docs, so future docs prescribe their brand. Okay. It's not yeah, not, so that loan forgiveness thing. That's not like through the government because I've been listening to your show for a. That is that is through the government, but I'm not recommending that. Okay, okay, that's like a last resort kind of thing, and and it's a different kind of loan forgiveness than the kind we trash on here all the time. This is the underserved. That one actually happens, and it's a three to a five year turnaround on it. It's not the ten year, and ninety eight percent of the people that apply don't get it. That's the private student loan forgiveness or the public student loan forgiveness program. That one's a joke. It's a scam. Okay, but the one I'm talking about actually does happen in the medical field. It's unique okay. to them. It's unique to the medical field. Maybe nurses, but I don't remember docs for sure. But it's like fifty thousand bucks they'll forgive. But if you're three hundred thousand dollars in debt because you went to a stupid expensive school, then fifty thousand bucks doesn't help you for being in an underserved area. There's a lot of ways to get at the point you brought up is the most important point. A, he's getting started early. B, he sounds like he's really sharp. Oh, and I, you know the other thing I didn't bring up. He's got four years while he's in school. Right. Work. Right. A lot. Right. I mean, what if you made $50,000 a year for four years because you worked all the time? That'll serve you well. $50,000 a year and you don't have hardly any expenses? That's 200000 bucks. I think we just solved it. I mean, work's a surefire money-making scheme. And it gets you experience. It gets you prepared for whatever you're going to do next. So now, it's particularly like- if you could work in the field. Uh, you know, the Ken Coleman idea, proximity principle. What if you were working in a hospital and, you know, all these docs and hospital companies and people you run into, execs are trying to figure out a way to help you go to med school free. Ah, That'd be pretty cool. Kristen is in St. Louis, and we're going to come back to you, Kristen, after the commercial break. I looked down at my clock and realized I was out of time. So, One of the cool things with him, too, is just keeping those options open. The fact that he's looking this early and he's got this time to lay things out. The biggest thing with higher education that seems like a lot of people don't do is really explore all the options before they make a decision. It's like, get those options written down on paper and then evaluate what needs to be true in my life in order for me to qualify for that scholarship, in order for me to be able to pay for that school and and really dig deep and figure out, you know, there's not just one path. There's a variety of options you can do. Yeah, I mean, I've heard so many people feel, they put themselves in a situation where they feel trapped. They go, well, I was only approved for one medical school and so it's the only one I can do. It's going to be seven hundred thousand dollars, but it's the only one I can do. You know, Ouch. you know. Well, knows a possible answer too. You know, right? That, that, you know, so you gotta, you gotta take some of these things off the table, and go. We're gonna go a route uh, that involves no debt, and if you take debt off the table, 
then you have to scratch and figure out and be creative and hustle and grind your way through it, you'll find a way. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Christina, I think there is a month for everything now. August is National Make-A-Will Month. Oh, brother. (laughs) That's a thing. Well, you do need to make a will, though. So if you don't have an up-to-date will and you don't have your estate plan in order, then maybe August Make-A-Will Month will remind you to do it. Sounds silly, but you should be doing it. So here's the thing. Uh, what are you waiting for? There's no need to, you need to knock this out. You can't wait, 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 wait. You're not more likely to die if you have a will. It, it doesn't enter into it. You're not going to live. You're going to die eventually. Someday. Nobody gets out of this thing alive. Everyone needs a will. Estate planning covers all the documents, the plans, the conversations you need to have for when something happens to you. Not if. Something is going to happen to you someday. And no, you don't have to be an eccentric millionaire with an offshore account to have an estate plan. It just means that there's a plan because you're going to have an estate. And a good estate plan protects your family's future and everybody knows what's going on and every, you know, your wishes are carried out because they're now in a legal document. Start by checking out our estate planning guide. It is free and it's an easy to use tool. It will help you keep track of everything that you need to do. It walks you through which documents to get, like your will, if you don't have one, as an example, what conversations to have, where you can go to get more information. Give yourself and your loved ones peace of mind by figuring this stuff out ahead of time. Download your complete guide to estate planning for free. After all, it's National Make-A-Will Month <laughs> at RamseySolutions.com slash estate guide ramseysolutions.com slash estate guide it's free go get it do the work do the work be an adult blinds.com gives us our question of the day they have a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee that means even if you mismeasure or you pick the wrong color they're going to remake your blinds for free you have free samples free shipping and with the new promos they run every month you'll save even more use the promo code ramsey to get the best possible deal Today's question comes from Miranda in Mississippi. I'm a 20-year-old who is struggling and feel like debt is inevitable for me. I took out a private loan for $5,000 after paying off my first year and a semester of school by myself. My savings account has been drained and I have not been the best budgeter. How can I avoid loans when I have no money? I need to be enrolled and go to school. I am at a loss as to how to move forward. Well, first of all, Miranda, 
I would take a deep breath and give yourself some grace. A lot of people are not great budgeters when they're 20. Um, I love that you're asking this question. The fact that you're, you know, writing in and you're interested in budgeting says a lot. So first of all, just don't speak that you're not a great budgeter over you because I think you have so much room for growth. And a lot of people who start budgeting don't feel like they're great budgeters. A lot of people are like, oh, we say that it typically takes people about three months to start getting good at a budget. So give yourself grace with that. But with the college situation, the first thing I do is talk to your financial aid office. You're obviously already in school. So sit down with a financial aid officer and explain your situation, explain that you don't have the money to pay for school. You're not going to take out any more loans. So ask them, you know, is there any other extra funding available? A lot of schools offer discounts um, on tuition. So see if you're eligible for any additional discounts to be able to make ends meet. See if there are any other scholarships available that maybe you could apply for or that they they could actually just give you. Um, And see if there are any other jobs on campus. But that point person can kind of explain what's available at your school so that you you can get kind of a true number that you now need to figure out. So, you know, that's the very first point person. And then, of course, working, um, getting jobs off campus. A lot of times, if you look off campus, you can get jobs that pay a bit more than what you can find working at the library at your school or somewhere on campus. So see, see what's available there. You and can make $25 an hour cleaning toilets. Yep. Walking dogs. Babysitting. A lot of retail jobs are getting close to that, too, now. Yeah. And uh, Miranda, you're not working. Mm. There's nothing in here that indicates at all that you're doing any work. And you need to work like a lot. Yep. Like all the time. Like 40 hours a week. How long do I go to school? You're going to go to school. You're just not going to have much of a social life. Oh, well. So what is the what is the goal here? What's the primary goal? If I could only get one thing done in the next four years, social life, or school, which am I going to do? Because you're going to choose. Well, that's like you have the rest of your life to have a great social life. So yep. be willing to invest now and work hard so yep. that you can really enjoy and have freedom after you graduate. It's just a temporary sacrifice for a really massive long-term benefit. And then also when you're looking at jobs off campus, though, really be strategic. Don't just jump on the first job that you see. A lot of companies are offering tuition benefit programs. So see if you can get a high hourly rate plus See if you can find somebody who will actually pay for your college tuition or give you a portion of that. Because there's a lot of people out there doing that, and you want to be as strategic as possible. Yeah. You know, there was a thing, and I think it's still rolling out there, that a bunch of these companies, FedEx, UPS, Target, Chili's, several of these other companies were offering school tuition and work. Yeah. It's actually a growing trend. And the work is like $20 an hour. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. So look for stuff like that. Well, the challenge with that is you may need to transfer to make that happen. So a lot of these jobs are offering free tuition benefits for certain colleges. So I don't know what college you're going to. You may be going to a college that costs $60,000 a year. And if you have no money and you're not getting a lot of financial aid or scholarships from that school, you may need to consider going somewhere else and going to a job that offers free tuition benefits. And it may be to a state school. It may not be to the most you know prestigious school in the area. But if it's free, that's incredible. You yep. can graduate debt free and still get a great job. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, prestige, the prestige of the school does not enter into the decision at all. You don't have any money, and so and prestigious schools have no track record whatsoever of causing you to be successful. Zero. So I don't really care about the prestige of the school at all. You need to be studying something that's applicable and studying it. People that are really re- reasonable on teaching it. 
and get plugged in. So I don't know where you are in Mississippi, Miranda, but um, lots and lots and lots of hard work, lots of plugging into companies that while you're working and earning money also have scholarship programs, getting scholarships, going to the counselor's office like uh, Christina is saying here, and all of that comes together. And where you're going to school, how you're working, and how you're getting scholarships, those are the three things that get people through debt-free. But I think it's important for sometimes people to stop and go, I may not be at the right school. I think that's a really hard pill to swallow. But people who were taking out student loans, they caught on to the show and they're going oh my gosh i don't want to take any more student loans out you may need to transfer schools you may have to because i mean you may be at a place you can't afford yeah you may look up and buy, i bought a car i can't afford it i gotta sell the car and it's inconvenient in the yeah. short term but long run it's completely worth the effort well i mean there's so much emotion tied to i got in and this is my school and <laughs> but it's true i mean you know a lot of emotion tied to that and, and i get it i get it i mean yeah, it's nice to it's, go somewhere the powerful. emotion is legitimate but it's a bad decision making tool right and it can be very costly in the long run oh it can be out of control yeah in order just to not deal with the emotion of moving schools and how painful that would be uh you end up one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt that would Gosh. be under the stupid column yeah you know because you wouldn't deal with you and uh it's just hard it really is and it's like um, I was talking to a dad the other day. He's like, my my daughter's dream school, and it's going to be two hundred thousand. She's going to be two hundred thousand dollars in debt when she comes out. And I'm like, that's not your daughter's dream school. That's called a nightmare. Right. It's not a dream. It's a nightmare, Dad. You have to grow. You know, Dad, come on, suck it up. Tell your daughter she's being a. Don't do it. Don't do it. Tell her she's being dumb. And, and you know, no, don't participate in this ridiculous process. No. Yeah. No, it's not a dream when you're $200,000 in debt. That's not a dream. That 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 sets you up for a decade. You set, you're setting your finances back a decade because of your dream school. Oh, shoot me. It is not your dream. It's a freaking nightmare. You ought to wake up in the middle of the night screaming right. like you just had a horrible, like you went to a horror movie in your head. No, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. No, it's not a dream. Don't confuse the two. And dads and moms, be a parent. Be a parent. Look at them and say, no, I'm old, crusty, and I'm not dumb. No, you're not doing that. You're young, wet behind the ears, and dumb. No, you're not doing that. I love you too much to let you create a decade's worth of pain for yourself. Joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Christina Ellis, number one best-selling author, Ramsey Personalities. My co-host, Kristen, is with us in St. Louis. Hi, Kristen. What's up? Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, so my question is about Baby Step 3B. Okay. So my husband and I are looking at starting this step soon. I'm due to graduate with my nurse practitioner degree in May. 
And since we cash flowed this program, we'll be getting done debt free. Ding, ding. So, way to go. Thank you. How'd you do that? So, um, well, I uh, worked full time until clinicals. And then my husband got turned into a side hustle to pay for the rest of the program. So, Wow. There you go. Okay. Good. Yes. Well done. Okay. So Thank what's your you. question? So um, we own some farmland that we're planning on building on. And mm-hmm. so I've heard you talk about um, step 3B with buying a home. But my question is, what is your recommendation for step 3B with building a home? Like with how much to save before starting or just your recommendations of that? Is the land paid for? So it the farm is, it, it's kind of like the farm pays for itself. Um, we kind of use that as a business for the now, is it debt-free? It is not. Okay. Um, so how much yeah. do you owe on it? Oh, it, we just got it um, two years ago, and so we just started paying for it. It's about 55 acres. And what do you so owe like on it? 200 some odd. Okay. And what's it worth? It, now, it, land in our area skyrocketed, so yeah. it's worth much more than what's that. What's it worth? I honestly don't know. Give me a guess. <laughs> Give me a guess. Um, honestly, probably about four hundred thousand. I was going to guess four hundred. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. All right. And your household income is what? Um, right now, roughly eighty. Mm-hmm. And since I'm not working, but once I get done, it, we're looking at doubling that. Okay, so you're going to be making a hundred and ninety thousand bucks a year, hundred sixty thousand bucks a year, something mm-hmm. like that, right? And um. Mm-hmm. You have $200,000 worth of equity, and mm-hmm. that, that will form as your down payment if you go apply for a construction loan. Because when you okay. apply for a construction loan, what they're going to do is they're going to uh, probably not take a second position to your existing mortgage. They're probably going to pay off your existing mortgage in the construction loan so that they are mm-hmm. the mortgage on the property. And then okay. they're going to let you draw down against the rest of the construction loan to build the house. Okay. Okay. And then when it's all over, uh, if you spend three hundred thousand dollars on the house, you had a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage to start with. Then you're going to have a five hundred thousand dollar permanent mortgage that pays off the construction loan. Okay. When it's all done, but the fact that you have two hundred thousand dollars worth of equity makes this deal happen today with zero cash down payment. Okay. Because you've got this equity that rolls into the deal. And you're, you know, it's going to be as if you put down $200,000 because if it, like, if we use my numbers, if you built a $300,000 house on it, you've got, uh, you've got 500 in debt, but the property is going to be worth 700. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so there, that gives them the equity position that you need for the permanent mortgage for a traditional mortgage. Cause if you put 200 down on a 700 deal, that'd be great. Right. Right. And that, that's the same math situation you find yourself in then. So What's going to happen is you're going to have to have a, a, a certified contractor in your state. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have a set of plans that are not on a brown paper bag that an appraiser can actually use to appraise the plan as if the house was completed. And the bank is going to require these things in order for you to get to build the house. Okay. You can't just make this crap up and they're going to give you half a million dollars or they're going to give you you know, to do this thing with. And so the certified contractor, the fact the appraisal on the plans tells them that when it's done, 
by the certified contractor when it's completed on schedule and on budget, then they're not going to be at risk. The bank's not going to have too much in the thing. The third thing they're going to do make you do is go ahead and get your permanent mortgage and the permanent mortgage that get it get it qualified for it all the paperwork done they will issue then what they, the permanent mortgage will issue what's called a takeout letter and the letter states mm-hmm. that you have the mortgage in place to take out the construction loan because construction loan is temporary lending right so you take it out you remove it with the permanent mortgage when you're done now some banks will do the permanent mortgage in-house and the construction loan in-house churchill mortgage can do that for you too Okay, mm-hmm. and so then you don't have to go to two different places to get it. But in every case, you know, oh, my husband's really good. He's going to do the building himself. That's not going to work. Right. Or here's our plan. We sketched it out on some on a brown paper sack. That's not going to work. They're not going to give you the money. Right. Very professional, button-down process here, just like you learned when you went to med school, but it's applied to the building industry. Okay, perfect. You can do this, though. You, you don't have to have a whole bunch of 3B to pull it off. Y'all can start working on it. You're going to have to have your job in place because you're going to have to have the income. You don't have enough income now to support this program. But when your job's there, you're going to be able to do it. That's pretty cool. They've done a great job. Yeah, that's outstanding. That's exciting to start visioning that up, too. That's a very exciting that you can sit there on 55 acres and start dreaming up what that's going to be like. Yeah. Woo. That's going to be a nice place. Nice place. Especially yeah. with a nice bump in income, too. You guys are going to be able to get to that spot where... You know, you're working through the baby steps and paying it off pretty quickly once you're all... You know what? That's true. They're going to be making... Before they know it, they'll be making a couple of hundred, Mm -hmm. and they'll be able to plow through that thing pretty quick. Noah's in Sacramento. Hi, Noah. How can we help? Hey, Dave. uh, I've got a question. I've got a uh, considerable amount of student debt in a Parent PLUS loan, and I'm trying to figure out how to make uh, affordable payments on a loan that's in my parents' name that feels feels a little bit unaffordable at the moment. What's the total amount of debt? Uh, it is one seventy-five. And good lord, are you a doctor or a lawyer? Neither one. What did you get your degree in? Uh, Christian Ministries. I'm a pastor. For one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Bad choice. And um, got that was not. Uh, you may be called to the ministry. You weren't called to this mess. Um, the uh, <laughs> I agree. What is your What is your household income? Uh, Sixty thousand. Oh, son, I'm so sorry. So, mom and dad took out these loans, the Parent Plus loans. Correct. And they can't pay them. They They. I mean, they can pay part. Our agreement was that we would split it half before mm. I went to school. That was the That was the agreement. Are they struggling to pay them right now? They've been in deferment and, and forbearance and whatnot, so nobody's made any payments on them at this point. Mm. And, I mean, my parents' household income is considerably more uh, than ours. We're just trying to figure out. Uh, again, I, I don't know how a lot of this works, but I've uh, been told by the, the lender and whatnot that we can't, like, consolidate them into my name or anything no, like you that. Can't. And so we're just trying to figure out what you to just do. Have to, they're going to be in their name. You're just going to assist in the payment of it. And so they're going to sure. give you, like, their password and the website, and you're going to jump on there and pay payments on their loan. It's their loan. It's going to be their loan until it's over. 
but you're just right. your okay. your your moral agreement, your handshake is that you're picking up half of it. And so, um, what what does your wife make? Uh, she's not working at the moment. We have a young daughter, and she's pregnant. Literally nine days past her due date today. Oh wow, with that's our good. Second kid. Good. Congratulations. Okay. Uh, so I, I assume you. she's planning on going back to work, though. Uh, yeah, when when we don't have very young children, yes, that's the plan. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you're just going to be paying payments on this, Noah. Noah um, and the math is telling me that this is a highly stressful situation. So uh, it is. I I, I, I think you're going to be running. You're going to be what we call a bivocational pastor. Uh, you're going to be running side hustles of some kind. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't give. It doesn't. Most pastors, statistically, one number I saw was 80% of them are bivocational in America right now. And there's no shame in that. It's not. It doesn't diminish your call. It doesn't do any of that. But uh, it's not unusual at all for a, a young pastor to be bivocational. And you're going to have to have some more money. It's a mathematical problem you got. Our scripture of the day, Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Jim Rohn said, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. I, um, I, I should walk away from the car wreck, but I can't. So um, it, it's, I, I think we have to, um, we have a responsibility to address the uh, situation with the last call. So let's go back again because you're the education expert here at Ramsey. You're the one that got half million dollars in scholarships and you study this stuff and work with students everywhere. Moms and dads, the higher education community is at best irresponsible, at worst con artists. They are willing to charge you any amount of money that you can figure out a way to pay that does not justify itself in the career field that the person is going into. So you can spend $300,000 and go with $300,000 in debt with higher education and get a degree in left-handed polka history. Completely useless and you will be a $300,000 in-debt barista. Moms and dads, this is the environment we're in. And even seminaries will charge you $175,000 to be a pastor and get a job making $60,000. That is illogical. It is not, I'm a Christian. It is not good stewardship. The seminary that did that should be ashamed of themselves to let a young man go $300,000 and $175,000 in debt to become a pastor. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. 
If you're in higher education and you're allowing that to happen, and you've got an 18-year-old signing up for that, and you did that, how do you sleep at night? Because there's no economics justification for this at all. Well, it's God's call on the young man's life. Absolutely. I believe in God's call on a young man's or young woman's life. I believe in that. I also believe Jesus can do math. And I'm positive there's scripture all over the place that indicates that we are to be good managers, good stewards of opportunities that are in front of us, of financial decisions that are in front of us and if if you put if you put it's all going to work out because god said and then you go do something stupid and you blame it on god you ought to have your butt kicked because your christian doctrine is awful it's horrible and i'm not just yelling at this last young man that called i'm just about to cry for him i feel so sad for him he's getting ready to have a second baby any minute He makes $60,000 a year, and between his parents and him and the seminary that messed him over, he ends up $175,000 in debt. Someone out of the three of those people that call themselves adults at some point should have raised their hand and said, "Uh, this is stupid. Yeah, $175,000 in debt for a profession that does not, on average, make enough to pay that off. That is asinine and honestly it's even more painful to see that it was a parent plus loan because that means a parent vouched for that and signed up off on that it'd be different if you could even say you know it was an 18 year old who went off out on his own and signed off for loans by himself but this is a parent and that's why well it's 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 not just i mean christians justify it sometimes with our with a with a, a toxic version of Christianity, like well, it's God's call on his life. We have to do it. You know, just, no, God does not call you to do stupid things. The blessings of the Lord have no sorrow added to them. If there's sorrow added to it, it was not God. And so, I don't question whether the young man was called into ministry. I am a hundred percent sure God did not tell him to do one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in debt. There's too much scripture that comes against that idea. And the same thing is true, not just in that, but if you want to help people and you want to go into social work, great. I want to be, I, I, I'm, got, I'm going to get a master's in sociology. Okay, great. What are you going to do? I'm going to work for the state as a caseworker. Great. You're going to make thirty to $48,000 a year. You cannot go $300,000 in debt to get your master's in sociology. That's stupid. Stop it. God. It's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. And this is, Rachel talked about this when we first started talking about student loans. She said, we don't have a student loan crisis. We have a parenting crisis. Moms and dads, step up and stop this. Have a brain and a backbone to go with it. Stop it. When Junior comes in and goes, I want to go $300,000 in debt to be a, a social worker with a master's degree, say, no, that's stupid. I want to get a degree in music uh, so I can be a band leader at the local high school, and I'm going to go $200,000 in debt. No. No. Well, you don't believe in music? Yes, I believe in music. 
I don't believe in music as a backdrop to your child's nightmare. That's absolute. Your band leaders at, you know, that do the marching band at the local high school do not make enough money to justify $150,000 in student loan debt. That's stupid. We have to stop this. And your stupid butt Congress keeps signing off on this, and you and I are responsible for it because they're federally insured student loans. When they go bad, the taxpayer eats it. God! And it's not that Junior can't have the career. They can still be the band director, the social worker. They can still be a pastor, but start at community college, then go to a, a public four-year school. Do- study in a way that you can afford to do it. Right. Hello. There's there so many other options. Please. That just breaks my heart for that kid. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't, I just, I want to cry. It makes me so angry at that seminary. How immoral is that? In the name of God to be doing this immoral thing in the name of Jesus. I, you ought to be, oh, it's ridiculous. We have to do better. I mean, it's that's ridiculous. And if they're willing to mess your kid over, you have to be willing to stop it from happening. And and all education is not ordained. It's not God-ordained, and it is not economically ordained. All education is not worth it. So if you want to become the band director at the local high school, I am not putting that down at all. If you want to be a social worker, a caseworker at the state, I am not putting that down at all. But use some freaking intellect. When you're dealing with your education, to be stupid about education is as ironic as anything I can think of. And use math. God. Use math. Please. Please. Sixth grade math. Yeah. How are you going to pay this back making that? Answer, not. Then don't do it. It's all going to work out because all education's good. No. When you're stupid about education, you're stupid about everything. Yeesh. Because it just, just, he's got two little babies, and he's just trapped. Ugh. Brand new baby getting ready to come any minute. I'm just livid on the people that allowed this to occur. I'm a tiny bit mad at him. He was an adult in the process. But I'm really upset with his parents in the seminary. Right. And, guys, you got to know, there is a true villain out there lurking. And, and higher education will completely screw you if you allow them to they have no conscience about it none whatsoever because they're so stupid they believe the same thing some of you that are doing this stuff do and and you just you have to stop it you have to stop it this is the problem with student loans if we quit making student loans this stuff will go away right we need to stop this program it is congress stop destroying your citizenry with this you're screwing our own people. Stop it. God, I'm so mad. And you can get a debt-free degree. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Have Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. to make Jesus. a change with your money? Want to know where to start? Take our three-minute money quiz to get a plan you can follow. Go to RamseySolutions.com and search for Get Started to get a plan for your money.